This is The Drive with Dale Lally and Matt Williamson on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome to The Drive. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. He's got his uh, Keurig coffees stacked up over there. <laughs> There's a story behind that. You had none was, yesterday. You've got 27 of them flying. today. Everyone, you thought of me. <laughs> Kellen thought of me. I brought some from home. Been a little shortage around here. A little so. shortage. I'm glad Especially I, these early starts. The, I don't uh, the drink coffee. Right. So I'm, I'm down in like three Diet Cokes before we... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Start the show. You got to get the got to get the caffeine level in the proper. Uh, Absolutely, I don't operate best first thing in the morning, so uh, this is uh, instrumental to my success. Typically, if I'm getting up this early, I'm going out to kill something. Yes, I know or, that's about you, or maybe even hit the links, perhaps something huh? like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not uh, to get up and do work. Yeah, I don't. This isn't early. work though. Well, no, I'm sitting here chatting with you about football. Yeah, I think we can handle it. Typically, we do this much later at night, though. That's for sure. That's for sure, <laughs> and that's when I do my best work. Um, we got some stuff. Yeah, we got some stuff. The Steelers will put on the pads today. Uh, it'll be the first time in pads. We should see some backs on backers. We should see uh, some live tackling. We should see all anxious. kinds of good stuff. Yeah, I mean they've been in camp now a while to not be doing much, and I mean the, the rules are the rules. I mean everyone's dealing with the same thing, but it seems like a long acclimation period considering that they got a game. It really is. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I asked Mike Tomlin about that the other day, as you know, because he. The guy that likes to have his team mm-hmm. get physical in, pra- in, in practices and training camp. And he's like, well, you know, the rules are the rules. Everybody's working under the same rules, yeah, so we'll just deal with it. Yeah, right. But Which, deep down, he's saying, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> I mean, typically, they would have been tackling now the last three days. Yeah, right, right, you know? right. And depending how far you go back, sometimes since day one. And, you know, I mean, yeah. I understand the that it doesn't have to happen right away, but it just does seem... A bit extreme. It makes it tough on the guys trying to make a, a yeah a name for themselves. The young guys. I mean, again, yeah. Cam Hayward. It, it doesn't change his outlook on things or his season or any of those type of things, in my opinion. But especially after last year, with no preseason, super shortened camp, some of these young guys. How do you find the James Harrison, Mike Hilton types? You know, and even the fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Sometimes they don't have enough time. You know, last year. If you're a position coach and, you know, you draft a, a tackle in round two, a guard in round seven, you got to get that tackle ready to play on game day. And the round seven guy, eh, we'll get I, I saw uh, there was a tweet from, I, I believe it was Gil Brandt. And he, and he said, um, I think there were like nine guys in the AFC and maybe seven in the NFC or vice versa. There weren't many drafted players from last year who who weren't on rosters this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's why. Yeah, that's why. They, 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 you they, drafted the guy. You're not going to cut him to keep an undrafted guy who you haven't seen playing a game. Yeah. And <laughs> that's who it really hurt was the undrafted guys. Yeah, well, without question. I mean, even if you're a fifth, sixth, seventh round pick, you you're going to get the benefit a, of the doubt. You didn't have enough chance to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Yeah, that's 100% true. I do like the fact that they had bigger practice squads, though, so at least a lot of those... Well, that helped, too. Like, some that of those was guys the other were still yeah. around, you know. But I mean, you really had to stink to or do really something stink. wrong. I mean, you had no special teams in preseason. I mean, that's yeah. a huge way to, to make an impact is, let me run down on t- punt team, let me do all those type of things, and you had, you only do it in practice. Special teams in practice isn't close to Not close, game. yeah. Right, you, right. I mean, you have to show the, the, the desire to run down there like your hair's on fire yeah. and tackle somebody. Not screw up the assignment. Yeah. And, right. Stay make in your lane. And, and, right. Yeah. I mean, Terrell Davis and some of these guys made their bones doing that, you know? 
Uh, Cynthia Freeland, mm-hmm. a friend of the show, has put out a, uh, uh, her, one of her game theories here, and it's yeah. projecting the most improved players on each AFC and NFC team. Oh, that's interesting. I haven't seen that. And for the Steelers, that guy is Devin Bush. And I, I just wanted to read what, she, uh, what Cynthia wrote about Devin Bush here. Um, he said, in his rookie season in 2019, Bush's impact in coverage was almost immediate. Okay. Computer vision shows he was able to limit catches and yards after the catch at the fifth best rate that, that year. Wow, I, I didn't recognize that, but I mean, that's also the new technology from them. In that he started entering this high-level production about two games into the season. Okay. Huh. His rookie um, year time. Yeah, his rookie year. Uh, the average for off-ball linebackers drafted in the first three rounds since 2005 is about five games before they are consistent and we can determine who they are with any statistical re- relevance. Makes sense. Given the changes to the Steelers' defense this offseason, it seems more it seems more will be asked of Bush in, uh, in his return to the field after missing 11 games in 2020, and there are great indicators that he will be able to deliver. Mom, that's that's not what Steeler fans think about Devin Bush. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is a bigger conversation. He, he, he wasn't very good in coverage his first two years. Right. That's that's what I hear a lot. Well, he's, he needs to get better in coverage. My take on it was, and this goes back to his Michigan days, I was always impressed with his man coverage skills, yes. particularly against running backs, and I thought that really went up a level last year. Barkley comes to mind early in the year. You know, that running back receiving production, even some good receiving backs last year, it, it it wasn't happening, and I think he was the biggest culprit there. And he played a lot of man coverage against backs, you know, where Edmonds will often get the tight end. I mean, it's not every snap, but there's a rule of thumb. Um, and even early on, I thought he was a lot better in man coverage than zone, which is what he did in college. And, you know, I mean, that's not a strict thing. And sometimes the zones, it's hard to tell exactly what his job right. was. Who was the guy? Things too. Like, right. For example, there, there was the uh, against Denver last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a touchdown that was given up to Noah Fant. Yeah. Okay. He came. He ran a crosser, and he w- Bush was not supposed to be the guy who had him. Yeah. Yeah. But Bush was the closest guy to him, so everybody, a lot of fans, well, Bush got beat by Fant for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Wasn't his guy. From what I remember, you probably remember the play better than I was too. I mean, Fant's running full speed across the formation, and he's a first-round pick. I mean, to the sideline, yeah, right, running a four-four, <laughs> yeah. and hitting him in stride. And if Bush isn't running, I mean, if he has to pick him up in his zone, it's, it's not like it's the first time I've ever happened in football's history either. But, I mean, that's a tough play, especially if you're making up for somebody else. And I'm not making excuses for him. Um, his height worries me a little bit in coverage and a little bit overall. Um, but I do think he's the obvious candidate to be the breakout player. It goes back to, the to you know, a lot of times what we've talked about in coverage – you don't know how many times you see the you see the ones where the guy gives up the catch. Right, right. right. What you don't see is that how many times the quarterback looks in that guy's direction and doesn't throw the and ball because or, because yeah, the coverage is good. Else. Right, absolutely. It, it, I don't know if that'll ever happen, and it's more of a quarterback stat than a coverage stat. But I would love to know the throws that should be made that aren't where your guys the pri- your guys the primary right. target and the quarterback doesn't throw it because right. you've got him blanketed. Yeah, I mean because these guys have progression reads. You know, this this play is designed to go from 1 to 2 to 3 and if you took one away, you more than did your you job. Did your job. As if a you took two player. away, you did your job. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No question yeah. about it. Um do you why do you think 
Steel, I forget how you phrased it there, that Steeler Nation's a little down on Bush. Or do you think it's because they gave so much up to get him? Yeah, I think there's some of that. Yeah. Well, he's, you know, he wasn't worth it moving up that much to get. I can hear that. That's a totally different story. I yeah. mean, because they gave up a lot. And, I mean, you and I have often talked that if they stuck at 20, I think it was, they probably take Darnell Savage. Yeah. And I might rather have Darnell Savage. I mean, that's but then they don't make the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. And then you got to the, the linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> if they have right Ryan Shazier, right. they don't do any of it. Uh, you know, it's, it's all the, the. It's the butterfly yeah. thing, too. And you'd have more picks. And, you know, you know so obviously it would be a lot different. But I don't think you can look at it that way. I mean, I guess you could say after his first contract, was it worth the price to trade up? I think it's too early to do it now. Yeah. But. I, I have no reason to I mean, he's played sour 20, on him. He's at played all. 21 career games. Yeah, and in a demanding position from the get go, asked a lot. Every down player is a rook, and look at the guys that are drafted similarly. Devin White, contrary to popular belief, still struggles. I mean, I know they won the Super Bowl and he flies all over the field. Roquan Smith just really started stepping up. You know, like if you look yeah. at first round linebackers the last three years. Nobody's blown your doors off immediately. Even I mean, Edmonds in Buffalo, he's coming along well, but not. He's not the star that no. they, they thought he was. Gonna I was going to be. I thought he'd be better by now. To yeah. be honest with you, I'm um, looking here at his uh, his advanced stats. Uh, his rookie year, he gave up. He was targeted 68 times in, in 16 games. He gave up 46 completions. That's a 67 percent, almost 68 percent completion percentage. And you might say, well, that's that's really bad. Depends. But you look at the yards per target, 6.4 yards per target. You're going to give those up. See, that's what I was sitting here thinking is th- these are NFL.com stats, right? These are from Pro Football Reference. Okay, because I was curious. On those completions, we often talk about football outsiders' success rate. Yeah. I wonder how many were successful plays for the offense. Because if it's third and eight and you give up a six-yard right. pass to a swing You did your back, job. You did your job, yeah. you know, if a check down or – you know, you dump it off to Barkley and you come up and tackle him for a two-yard gain on first and ten, defense will take that all day long. Well, here's what I look at. He gave up 46 catches, but the yards after the catch were 244 yards. Not bad. So he's get, he's getting the guy on the ground as soon as he, as he catches mm-hmm. it. Last year, he gave up 14 completions in 22 attempts. That's a 63.6% completion percentage. Okay. The A dot was a little bit deeper, uh, 6.9 yards. Um or, I'm sorry. Uh, six, probably, yeah, six point nine yards. Okay. Um, the yards after catch on fourteen catches, he gave up fifty six yards after the catch. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, yeah, he's I mean, getting the guy on the. You know, yeah, you're going to give up a. Uh, and and some of those yards after the catch are the dump off to the running back, where he's got a head of steam coming to the line of scrimmage, and you're right. getting out there to tackle him. Yeah, I mean, you know. as a linebacker, those stats I think need to be taken with more context, especially in such a small area, because. Frankly, he could miss one tackle and someone runs 30 yards down the field. And just screws, yeah, completely he's, he's all out blows of it, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, again, if it's third and eight, pass rush is coming hard, they dump it to a back, you know, Bush gets them down six yards, you know, past the line of scrimmage, all's well. Yeah. Here's the thing. He gave up five touchdowns as a rookie okay. in coverage. Last year in five games, he gave up one. Wow. And that would have been the Fant touchdown that he wasn't. Right. I was actually going to say that. And, and the yards after catch on the Fant one, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Coverage stats are still tricky to me. They really are because you don't know whose responsibility necessarily it was. I was uh, We were telling a story, and I can't remember the player. Um, Mike Pursuto was telling the story about how he, I can't, he was watching a show or something, and, and, and uh, 
one of the guys said, you know, this this player every time he was near the guy, he gave up a, and gave up a touchdown. He would be all demonstrative, talking to his teammates, and, mm. and made it look like he was yelling at them uh, because he, you know, they they blew the coverage or something. What he was really saying, he'd be all demonstrative and say, "Man, I really blew that coverage there. I, I'm sorry, guys." <laughs> so the average fans, but like, the average fans looking at it goes, else. "Look at him, yeah, look at him blaming everybody else for that." Because you don't know. You don't know. Yeah, I mean. I wasn't a 20-year veteran scout. You know, I, I I only did it a year for the Browns. But I remember watching a lot of high school or college tapes saying, I'm not sure whose responsibility that is. And I still think the most veteran football guy, some coverages you're not 100% sure yeah. unless you've made the play call yourself or sitting there with the playbook, you know what I mean? And the thing that screws you up is if one of the 11 doesn't do their job, well, then it doesn't look like the coverage that you think it is. Correct, yeah. Like, I can't read the puzzle if they're missing two pieces. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got into a – I wrote something one time. It was about after a preseason game, and I wrote my thoughts about the game, and Robert Golden jumped me about it. And Robert, he was playing strong safety that mm -hmm. day, and they were playing a lot of cover, too. And there were a lot of catches right in front of Robert Golden there in the cover, too. And I said, you know, he didn't, you know, he didn't, I didn't think he played very well. Okay. And like he, they were picking on him. Yeah. He yeah. came at me and, and said, well, what are my responsibilities there? I said, you know, you, you're playing cover too. You can't let the guy get by you. He says, yeah. So, you know, and, and he's, you know, so and they didn't get behind him. They didn't get behind him. I said, but you're allowed to make a play in the football too. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you know, you get, they, they get, they hit you like eight times on the same, you know, right. They in were front happy of you. to throw your way. Yeah. You know, and pick but up eight. Or you're, yeah. Or whatever, you're allowed right? to make a play on those things. Yeah. I, I get it. That's not necessarily your responsibility. The linebackers have to get I the right drops. The linebackers could have got better depth, yeah. or but I blame them too. Of course, you I know. mean it was a weakness in the defense, right. Nonetheless, and the other thing we don't know too, and this always goes for quarterbacks, or well, what were you coached to do? You know, like right. play breaks down, chuck it away, and then or don't force it. You know, situational football. You know, so if, if you're taking to coaching, whether the coaching's right or wrong. It's hard to blame the player. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's, it's all these things are why, you know, you do so much work in the scouting world. You know, you got to find out the answers. Like he keeps making the same mistake, but so does the all the other receivers on the same team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like maybe that's what they're being told to do. But Cynthia picking Devin Bush there, it, it, that's who we want. Still just twenty three years old. Yeah, uh, we've brought this up before. I think everyone listening should want Bush to be the guy that takes the biggest step forward. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, there are some other guys there that you look at, Cam Sutton, yeah, you yeah. know, or Alex Highsmith or, or things of that nature. But Devin Bush was drafted to be a star. That's what I mean, right? Yeah. Like I could say, well, Justin Lane could go from a 2 to a 10, and how great would that be? But, yeah. I mean, realistically, who could be the pro bowler, you know, that without being too far-fetched? I mean, yeah, it'd be great if Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback in the league. But right. <laughs> <laughs> That would be great, but yeah, I don't think that's probably yeah. Answer. Just realistically, I mean, when you look at some of the other guys on this list, and we'll go over some of the other ones here uh, yeah, in, in the next segment. Um, he's Especially the he's the guy that you that you look at and say he's got to take that next step forward. Yeah, it, it's year three; it, it's got to happen. Yeah, unfortunately, it's put up or shut up time. You, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what we've talked about with the quarterback position. Oh, some yeah. of the young quarterbacks around the league. You're going Jones, in, going into year right, three. Right. The expectations are that yep. you become. Yeah. You're either a star or you're not, and then if not, if not, then they're going to move on for you. Well, the people Steelers don't want to hear about injuries and circumstance yeah. and all these things. Yeah. yeah, the people making decisions don't have the job security either. Right. Yeah. So you got to be you know, year three of a five year deal. You better be. You better be making an impact. Yeah. And living up 
to it. Yeah. yeah. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to The Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hit the rest of Cynthia's uh, list Good. there right after this. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And Matt, um, as we were talking about, uh, Cynthia Freeland put out a uh, projecting the most improved player on each AFC team. This yeah. is according to her computer models. Right. This isn't just her. This is, yeah, this is not her, just right, an opinion. Right. This is who she, who her computer is spitting out as the, the best uh, mm-hmm. guy. She has a, must have a massive computer. <laughs> yeah. Or a tiny one. Uh, yeah, I mean, or she's good at using it, that's she's, for sure. She knows what she's doing. They do a lot computer. of separation things now. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they gauge where the, the player's hips are in opponent as opposed to the coverage guy, how far away they are, things like that. So All kinds yeah. of good stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so for the Ravens, it's Chuck Clark. Hmm. He's a pretty good player already. He, he doesn't get a lot of That's still the weak spot of their defense, so the safeties are not... They're not dominant Great. players. Yeah. I mean, he's... They don't have an Ed Reed. They don't have a... Uh, the Earl Thomas. Yeah, they I don't mean, have Earl Thomas. They don't have... I mean, they, that, as as that's they always what they've had there, even when they yeah. had Weddle. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think of Weddle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they put up with Earl Thomas's nonsense for as long as they did. And that, that could be their first-round pick next year, the more I think about yeah. it. The deep middle guy. Because Clark's a strong... They blitz him a lot. He's a really good blitzer. Gave him money. I didn't know much about him when he became a starter there. He didn't really like enter the league with a lot of pedigree, or I didn't. He slipped my radar a little bit, but he's been a quality player for him. Yeah. I don't. The one thing I guess I kind of disagree with on is I don't know how much better he can get though. Yeah, he's 26. I think he's yeah. kind of maybe reached a he's peak. A quality starter, but yeah. is he going to take a, another step? If that's what the article is all about. Uh, for the Bills, it's Zach Moss. Oh, I agree on that one. Yeah. I, in my dynasty leagues, I've been picking him up for dirt cheap. Um. I've been drafting him in fantasy cheap. He, he he was injured a lot. Rookie running backs all took a long time. They all time. took time. Yeah. And then he, I think he had COVID for two weeks or something, too. Yeah, it was, there was on the it list. It was a spotty season for him. Yeah. So I think they have bigger hopes for him. You he, and I liked him coming out. Yeah. He averaged four yards a carry between the tackles last season mm-hmm. and 4.5 yards per carry outside the tackles. Devin Singletary averaged 3.1 yards inside the yeah, tackles. Singletary's not for me. And 5.2 yards outside. Moss is just a lot sturdier, He's stronger, the more consistent banger. guy. Yeah, they play so many four receiver sets. You know, they're going to get light defenses. He's also really good in protection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Bengals, it's T. Higgins. Hmm, makes sense. I mean, you might maybe the numbers don't reflect it because there's a lot of mouths to feed there in the passing game. All of a sudden, but. He's a really good player. Yeah. He's, if he's, he's a 1A for you for his career, you're pretty happy. Yeah. And nobody on their defense is ready to. I don't there's, think. There's nobody there. You would hope so, but I, I don't have a name there. For the Browns, and I don't know how they projected this, uh, Grant Delpit. And she actually says of all my AFC yeah. picks, Delpit is the biggest true projection. I mean, he didn't play at all. I was going to say, I mean, he has nowhere to go but up, obviously, since he has not, no body work. I guess he's a high pedigree guy, but he wasn't very good his last year at LSU. Right, I was gonna say going into his final year at LSU, if it was like this time in the draft process, oh, he's a top ten pick, he's the best safety, and then he really struggled. So it's been what two years since he's been a high quality guy? Three, really? Yeah, I guess it's been three. Yeah, yeah, right. Since he was at his best, I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick, but I don't. Agree and with he was that playing one. in a very talented secondary. Mm-hmm. You know. That, that's, oh yeah. Yeah. At LSU, right? I mean, without question. Uh, for the Broncos, it's Jerry Judy. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. I mean, he had drops, but he also was really hurt by the quarterback. Drops don't. It goes back to Deontay Johnson. Drops don't bother me that much. For the Houston Texans, it is Justin Reed. Hmm. Bet that wasn't easy to pick. It's <laughs> <laughs> a tough team to come up with a, yeah. a positive guy. He's a good player, though. Yeah. Safety. For the Colts, Carson Wentz. He's hmm. got nowhere to go but up. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess it could that. get worse, but. Whew. I, I mean, I think his job is safe, too. I mean, there's nobody looming there that if he struggles to get benched, I mean, they're going to sink or swim with him. I do expect him to be better. I mean, he has to be better. He, he's he not going to get hit like he did last year in Philly, but is he going to hold the football like he did in Philly? He's right. trying to play hero ball. Yeah. That's, I mean, his, that's his biggest in. problem. Oh, without it, question. You know, he's he, he, the talent is there. We I mm-hmm. thought he played maybe his best game of last season against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah, he did. We had the best pass rush they faced. Mm-hmm. And He's capable of doing yeah, great things. He made some great throws in that game, but man, he just makes he'll he'll do that and in the same game make three dumb plays. Yeah, and that offensive line of Philly has been abused by injuries the last couple of years. Because when it's right, it's a lot of good players, and maybe he got a little com- too comfortable behind the good line, and then he's trying to make up for it too much with the bad line. And there's a lot of bad habits though that they need to coach out of them. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see. And I guess it's a good pick, but we'll see. Here's the thing, though. Indianapolis doesn't have great receivers. Mm-mm. They don't have a, a they don't have a true number one. Pitt, we you know we both like Pittman coming out. He might have been my pick, to be honest with you, as a yeah. guy to step forward. But do they? Do but they there's have, no number one. Yeah. Do there. they have a? They, they've got a bunch of twos and threes. And even the tight ends are yeah. okay, but they use a lot of people. And there's I bring this up a lot. Like Kyler Murray, they gave him DeAndre Hopkins. Josh Allen, they gave him Stephon Diggs. Like I know not there's not. 32 of those type of receivers yeah. out there. But, boy, if you had – if you could add one high-quality starting receiver, go-to guy, yeah. boy, it would help some of these quarterbacks. For Jacksonville, it's LaVishka Chenault. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think a lot of people look at him like he's a Corderell Patterson, Percy Harvin. I think he's more of a route runner, you know, give him a slant, take it to the house type guy. I mean, I think he's much more than just a gadget dude. Uh, for the Chiefs, it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's yeah, a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. He, he had some struggles. Um, for the Raiders, it's Henry Ruggs. Probably another good one. I mean, yeah. I think it's it's too early just to say the Raiders are dumb. They should have taken Judy or Lamb. Ruggs is a bust. You know, I mean, if if Ruggs would have went 25th in that draft, you'd say, okay, you know, was up and down his rookie year, but there's still immense talent there. That's what happens and, with know. deep threats. I mean, yeah, you know. he's going to be spotty. He's probably his whole career production-wise. Right. For the Chargers, it's Justin Herbert. Wow. And she, and she said this one feels like cheating, um, but. Okay, can you read the verbiage actually, on that Actually, you know I'm who curious. I would have put on there? Derwin James. Yeah, that's a good one, just because he's capable of the he's moon. Ca- yeah, yeah, but it, we haven't seen it in two years. It's late in his career, but I think Mike Williams is in for a big year. She said, this one feels like cheating, but the faux rules of this article allow Herbert to qualify, so I'll take it. it. At this time last season, we didn't know when Herbert would start, and there were questions about how he'd fare under pressure. His response, a cool 1,113 passing yards and nine touchdowns under pressure, both of which led the NFL. 
Herbert's ability to produce under pressure is a strong signal for this season's p- potential, and it drives his value to QB 11 right now. Uh, note this could and likely will change as camp and preseason evolve in, uh, in the evolve the roster and playbook. A new coach means new plays, so look out for fantasy info come late to mid August. Okay, nah, it does seem a little bit like cheating. I mean, is he going to take another step forward? I mean, if he is. Then he's like a top-five quarterback. What we've typically seen from the second-year quarterbacks after a breakout season is, is a bit of a regression. Generally speaking, yeah. yeah, you're 100% right. His protection will be a lot better. But his numbers in under pressure were awesome, as she mentioned, but they weren't awesome in a clean pocket. They were good. Yeah, They weren't blow you away. Not that, not that it's better that he's running around for his life. <laughs> you know, that, right. I think they'll be happy to have Matt Filer. But Slater I think, and, you know... Opponents have now had an entire offseason to sit and study. Yep. Okay, here's what Justin Herbert does well. Here's what he doesn't do well. And you're going to throw new things at him. They're going to throw new things at him. And, uh, again, there was like three games. I think it was Miami, Detroit, and New England. I'd have to go back and look at their schedule. They were all Belichick disciples, and he was confused in all of them. So yeah. he's going to see a lot of what they did. You know, And I'm sure he's working on that, too. Uh, for Miami, it's Mike Gesicki. Hmm. He's a perfect candidate at this stage of his career to be that Break, breakout tight end. I just don't know the, the target share with Waddle. Yeah, Will Fuller. Devontae Parker's good. He hasn't you know? gone anywhere. Yeah, he hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, they got four now, four guys now. Like, I don't know if he's for me for fantasy, but I mean, he could take a step forward as a player. Boy, I disagree with her one for the Patriots. She has Nelson Aguilar. Hmm. I think he's reached his peak. He's 28 years old. Yeah. He is what he is at this point. There's a lot of candidates for them, I would take. Like, I really like Josh, Josh Uche coming out. Or Johnny Smith. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. One I of mean, those guys. Kendrick, a lot of the young defensive I, I, players. I, I, there, there's some other receivers that I would take off that team. Uh, that, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. That that to me. I think I've really warmed up to Jacoby Myers. Uh, yeah. I think he's the best receiver they have. Aguilar's weird to me because I didn't like him coming out of school because I thought he was – not explosive and fast enough to be Ted Ginn, and I didn't think he was physical or quick enough to be a pure slot. So he's, And I was right, to be honest with you, for the first couple of years. And then to Gruden's credit, he used him pretty much exclusively as a deep threat last year, and it worked out well. And I think that's what he is, and that's what the Patriots will probably do with him. But I think it's already – he is what he is already. I mean, I think we saw the best of him in, in Vegas last year. Yeah, I agree. Um, for the Jets, it's Quinn and Williams. I think he's a total superstar. Yeah. And the the Robert Salah go get him attacking front four defense will be great for him. Yeah. For the Titans, it's Anthony Ferkser. That's going to all be, be all about opportunity. Yeah. He's not a bad athlete. Yeah. He's going to get every snap. They were a very, very heavy 12 personnel team last year with Johnu and Ferkser. And now I would assume they'll play more 11 and, and always keep those two receivers on the field, but maybe Josh Reynolds as well and play less, you know, double tight end sets, which would make sense because they lost one. But that doesn't hurt Ferkser. I mean, I think he's okay. Yeah. yeah. For the Cardinals, it's Isaiah Simmons. That it's all, I mean, he's a year younger than Bush, but it's almost put up or shut up. Actually, he's too. the same age. Is the same age? They're both twenty three. Younger, yeah, okay. yeah, or a year a draft year younger. Uh, for the Falcons, it's AJ Terrell. Took him in the first round. Yeah, and he year. wasn't terrible, but yeah. you know they passed on CD Lamb. And took you know. For the Panthers, Sam Darnold. Fool. 
I mean, she's predicting these guys to take a step forward. That's her. Their okay. projections are. Yeah, and that's who you want to take a step forward. I think it's he'll be like better in that situation. I do too. The weapons are better. He's out of New York, where he mm-hmm. was the you know you were the third overall pick in the draft. Like. Yeah, no, I think they're a well coached team too, and it's very much like the Wentz situation. Yeah. Uh, for the Bears, it's Cole Komet. Hmm. I don't disagree with that. He played more and more as the season went on. Um, you gotta remember, like Cole Komet at Notre Dame was a two sport athlete. Yeah. And now he's just concentrated on football for the second year. You know, rookie tight ends, you can't expect a ton from. No, I think that's a good one. Uh, for the Cowboys, it's C.D. Lamb. Yeah. We've talked about him a ton. I mean, him and Dak together yeah. were tearing it up, and then Dak went down. For the Lions, it's Jeff Akuda. He had a really rough rookie year. Yeah. I mean, almost all the rookie corners did. They had no pass rush. They had they, no pass yeah. rush. And, you know, right. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, for the Packers, it's Rashawn Gary. Yeah, he's flashed more than I thought. I know you and I were hard on him coming out of Michigan because there was no production. Another one of those guys that had no production coming no production, out of production. But yeah. he's flashing, and he's not even, like, counted on for a ton of snaps with them. I mean, they have right. the, the, quote, Smith brothers and, you know, a good defensive line. This one's interesting. For the Rams, Matthew Stafford. A little late to break out. He's 33 years old. Like, yeah. Again, that's a little bit of a cheat. Yeah. Uh, for the Vikings, it's Irv Smith. I agree with that. He's still just 22. Yeah, so he's younger than people think. Yeah. He's a pretty decent blocker. Um, that's another team that he's not really competing with the third receiver. I mean, he, he's, he is the third he's receiver. He's the third yeah. receiver. They're the, the other real heavy 12 personnel team, which works fine with him. Uh, for the Saints, it's Adam Troutman. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. No, I 100% agree. Uh, yeah, especially the, the Thomas injury. For the Giants, it's Xavier McKinney. Yeah, he didn't play much as a rookie. He was good. Probably he was yeah. like the second or third pick in the second round. Still just year. 21 years old. Yeah. For the Eagles, it's Dallas Goddard. That kind of seems like cheating a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't. I don't know if anyone's biting on taking Ertz off their hands, but yeah. I think Goddard's already kind of broken out. For um, the, yeah. For the 49ers, Javon Kinlaw. They need him too. Yeah. You know, we, we kind of talked about Quinn and Williams and that style of defense when he traded Buckner and they uh, go draft Kinlaw. He flashed a little, but they need him, too. They need him, yeah. For the Seahawks, it's Jordan Brooks. Yeah, that was an odd pick. K.J. Wright's gone. Brooks will be a full-time player. Um, but he flashed as well. Yeah, K.J. Wright still hasn't signed anymore. Yeah, he's still out there. Uh, Tampa Bay is Carlton Davis. Mm, good player. Good player. Doesn't get enough credit on a you know star-studded team. Yeah. And then for Washington, it's your guy, Antonio Gibson. Mm, I agree. I mean, he's very volatile. He could be a home runner. He could be – forget about him and think of what if. But I, I think he's – his whole key is you got to get McKissick out of the pass. Yeah, game, but know. the Memphis coach is looking dumber by the day. <laughs> yeah, they keep pumping out these backs, you know, Gainwell and uh, – At least they use those guys. Pollard, right. I mean, and I get it. Gainwell's a good player. Pollard was good. You know, yeah, right, yeah. right. But this guy – Every time he touches the ball, he takes to the house. And he might be better than both of those guys, and, and you didn't give him the football. Right. I, I think he had like 100 touches at Memphis. and scored Less than like, 100. And scored like 13 touchdowns or something. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, something ridiculous. It, like, what, it's not a, a touches, real, not catches, touches, touches. Right, including like kickoff <laughs> returns. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not a, a real difficult ratio to figure out that maybe we should give him the ball more. <laughs> he's going to score every time we touch it, hand it to him. Maybe we should do it more. Yeah, if he's scoring once out of every, you know, eight or nine times you give him the football, wouldn't you want to give it to him like maybe eight? 18 times? <laughs> right, let's double his, his <laughs> output. Yeah. Yeah, that's or maybe they just didn't feel like he could handle it, but 
he's showing on the NFL that yeah, and we'll see. I mean, yeah. it's a big year for him too, but they don't have, haven't invested in any other backs. I mean, he's gonna be the guy there. Yeah, for sure. But that's uh, a good spot. Interesting stuff there from Cynthia Freeland. Yeah, uh, it is. We're gonna take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. He hmm. addressed the media yesterday. Uh, we'll hear what he some of the things that he had to say right after this. He is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. You're listening to the Drive here on Steelers Nation Radio. You're tuned to The Drive on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. And as I mentioned uh, in the previous segment, we heard from Kevin Colbert uh, yesterday. Uh, that will probably be the last time we hear from Kevin Colbert in that kind of setting. Okay. Uh, you know, it was a kind of a press conference. He usually does this. Uh, back in our pod at the yeah, uh, yeah. at St. Vincent College, he'll come back to Pod A where the uh, most of the writers and, and radio guys are at, and sit down, and we'll have a little impromptu press conference. He's done it for about ten years now, maybe longer. You said sort of informal. Yeah, the first part's saying, kind of right? off the record to give us some background stuff on. Usually, it's you know who's eligible for the practice squad and, and ah, that okay. kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right now, they're working under the assumption that. Um everybody's going to be eligible for the practice squad. I guess squad. that hasn't been announced yet. Because exactly last year, that, those were the rules, and you know the NFL still hasn't figured those out. I would assume that they're going to still work under the rules from last year. Probably a safe assumption, but yeah. you don't know. We don't, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, nice could, know, they could change right? your mind. Yeah. Um, so last year, anybody was eligible to be on the practice squad. Okay. Because you can there carry was a lot of veterans. On you can it, right, carry right. veteran guys there because you needed that because of COVID issues. Mm-hmm. You know, get a guy in here quick. A lot of people kept an extra kicker or punter, yeah. or, you know, things like Long that. Long snapper, things yeah, of that right, nature. Right. They specialists that you know, you you're okay. If, if this guy gets hurt, it took five days for the new <laughs> to guy to come there. in. Right, if you right. find out somebody tests positive on a Tuesday or Wednesday, you weren't getting him in. Let alone on a Thursday or Friday. Yeah, you're right. So, so you had to keep some of those guys available and around just to. Cover your butt. Yeah, yeah. So obviously some challenges, and uh, interested to see what Kevin had to say here. It's good stuff. Yeah, let's uh, let's hear what uh, Kevin Colbert had to say on uh, Tuesday. And um, to go back on what he did for us back in the spring by taking a restructuring of his contract, it was done with really two purposes. The first, that being his being able to be here, and then also allowing us to do some things financially and cap-wise that we probably wouldn't have been able to do without that restructuring. So it was a very unselfish move on his part. It made him available for 2021. Um, Beyond that, none of us know. And we'll we'll just work with 2021 and see where it goes from there. know what it's a different environment completely and we talked about this a little bit in the off season um, we knew we were going to be up against the cap last year when the pandemic hit and the, and the cap went down we were severely up against the cap and we had to make some obviously tough decisions so moving forward we think we know where the cap will go um, we're hopeful that it does and can we make certain players fit within that group uh, we always you know, we always will do a deal based on what it does to us in 2021, and we try to project what it will do to us three years 
down the road, and that's not unique. Um, other than us not knowing what that new amount will be, we think we know where it is. We've been given a, um, a floor, but we don't know where it'll go. So we'll just try to do the best we can. Bill Nunn um, taught us on a daily basis um, just how to be a professional first and foremost. I mean, you, I mean, I'm sure the majority of you folks ran across Bill in some form or fashion, and you cherished every discussion with him because he could talk not only about football players, but he could talk about boxers, uh, entertainers, baseball players, and tell you about how he rode Roberto Clemente to the airport after the 1960 World Series. Um, so he could tell you stories that were impactful life lessons. Um, from a football standpoint, you know, Bill would always remind you of, let's just talk about the athleticism of this player. He said it's up to the coaches to take that athleticism and, and make them into a pro because they all don't start out as pro bowlers or Hall of Famers. Um, in Donnie Shell's case, it's a classic example of Bill's buying raw talent as a college linebacker at South Carolina State and saying, hey, coach, I think this guy can be this type of player, which obviously going into the Hall of Fame he turned into. So Bill just reminded us daily of the, the basic athletic traits that Coach Noel was looking for back then, and it was really a time where those two, along with Art Rooney Jr. and Dick Haley and Tom Modrak and, and Coach Noel's staff, they put together the, you know, the greatest teams in, in NFL history in that era and the greatest draft in NFL history. Can you say it's a matter of record, what percentage of players can believe that's No. Okay, that's just your... No, for real, I can't. I understand. Kevin, was the yeah. Nelson decision initially financial, and did you consider bringing it back when your circumstances? I, again, when we, when we had to make some, we had to make some tough decisions. We had starters that we would have liked to have kept. We would have liked to have kept all of our starters and start over this year. Um, but we weren't able to do that. We knew about it, and we had to make some changes as, the, as it went on. And as you go through a spring and you're able to sign a player of your own um, on your own team, and then you say, if you do this, you may have to cut this player. And we had to do those back and forth. And really, our cap situation changed literally three weeks, or I'm sorry, coming out of the, the mini camp, you know, when we decided to move on from David. And all of a sudden we had cap room, and now we're looking at, wait a minute, this player is available. We might be able to sign him because he was looking for a certain number back in the spring. Now in the early summer, he might be more affordable. So we tried to make those decisions. Um, it's an individual thing. Sometimes it's positional. Sometimes it's just a money issue, how you can afford certain players. And we're, we're happy with the group that's come together to this point. Uh, when Melvin Ingram was still available and we could work it, we were happy to do that. When Trey Turner was affordable and workable, we were happy to do that. So we'll see what we got. How and in what ways do the 17 game affect the way you construct the roster? We don't know yet because we haven't played 17. Um, I'm sure Coach will approach it, you know, as he does, and, and he'll make adjustments to his practice regimen. But until you go through those 17 weeks, we're just making guesses as to how he'll structure his practices uh, with his veteran players. Maybe he followed a certain pattern 
with 16 games in the placement of our bye, but now he'll follow a different pattern with the 17. Is there, is there a position, I'm sorry, is there one position as you sit here right now no. No, I wouldn't say we lack depth. We have to we, – I think we lack proven abilities. Do we have people who can play every position on this team? I feel yes, but they have to come out and prove it. Um, Alex Highsmith has to prove that he could be a 16-game starter and he'll be challenged by Melvin Ingram. Uh, can Cam Sutton be an outside corner on 16 games? And, you know, you look at those things and you, you made decisions based on we think they can, but until those players do it, we don't know. Kevin, in years past, you, you've got some deals done right before the start of the season. Have you had any talks with DJ yet? Do you plan on having any talks with DJ in the last recession? Again, never talk about an individual's uh, contract negotiations. We know who our free agents are. We know we want to keep our good players. Um, and we'll see where it goes as the, as the rest of the summer unfolds. I had a number of decisions this offseason where you did this and maybe haven't done before. You've the avoidable contract years. Uh, you did three veterans more than them on more one-year deal. What, what goes into those conversations when you decide <coughs> you're going to do something you haven't done before? And are there other things you feel like are sort of untouchable things that you won't do, like you haven't negotiated with contracts in the season? For example, things like that. Yeah, I mean, that, and again, that's an organization decision based on Mr. Rooney's directive, on Art's directive. And we talk about trying to keep pace with what's going on in the league. Um, you referenced the one-year deals that we hadn't done traditionally. Uh, we recognize that we probably had to under these circumstances, albeit the different rules, um, the, the circumstances from coming off the, the lower cap and we made some adjustments there. I, I know we will hold on to the other, our own personal or um, individual rules for the organization of we won't negotiate with a player once the season starts. Uh, I never ever see that changing uh, because our only focus should be on winning a Super Bowl. Is there other things sort of in that realm like you like more guaranteed money or something like that? Again, we'll, we'll always try to stay as current as possible with, by staying with and by staying within our own beliefs. The our own beliefs will always override what's going on in the league. You've always talked about the incoming Hall of Famers. You sort of say that T.J. Watt has proven to be a very good defensive player. Um, you know, he's there's nothing there's nothing you can add to what he's done on the field, other than win a championship. I think the unique part of those five people going into that Hall of Fame this weekend, they're all Super Bowl champions. Some of them, in Bill Nunn's case, six times. Um, Coach Cower with one, and Troy with two, and Allen you know, with his one and um, Donnie with his four. But they're all Super Bowl champions. I think every player, you know, we've had a lot of great players come through here. There's a lot of great players in the Hall of Fame. But the Super Bowl champion is the one thing that we want them all to experience at some point. Yeah, it looked like during the year, you were spending extra time on the field talking to two-point baskets afterward. But, um, 
What are you learning? I mean, I, we, do, we try to learn all the new players as they come in. Um, you'll see us spending more time with the individuals and learning about them. And, you know, Melvin Ingram and Trey that we talked about. Uh, Chaz Green, the young offensive lineman we picked up. We'll learn about them constantly. We just want to know what they're about and what they're seeing, what they're feeling. And they come to us with a lot of questions and comments as well. Um, but we do that with each each player. We know the draft picks a little bit more because we spent more time with them. A guy like Dwayne, we didn't spend a lot of time with in, in pre-draft work because we knew we weren't going to get him. Um, but you learn about them as you go through it. You learn about them as you go through. That's what training camp is about. Yeah, good way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, right. that's what it's all here for. Including that was, Haskins, who you mentioned there at the end. Yeah, yeah. right. That was uh, Kevin Colbert with the uh, Assembled Media yesterday. Uh, of course, uh, questions about T.J. Watt and, and what's going on with him. I asked him about that. He wouldn't bite on that. Yeah, I mean, he's been around the block, obviously. Yeah. And uh, how do you respond to something like we don't really talk about player individual player contracts? And I don't think anyone's super concerned about it. Yeah, uh, they still want to sign T.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. That's, that's going to happen. Um, it be interesting to see how much the dollars. Yeah, all that and you heard him talk about Ben Roethlisberger there and – you know, the, 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 the quote was, well, we're worried about Ben. We're not worried about Ben beyond 2021. We're just yeah. worried about 2021. They'll, they'll cross that bridge when they get there. Which I thought was very honest. You yeah. know, I mean, there I, I was a little sh- – of everything he said, that might have been the thing that shocked me most was just the way he phrased it. You know, I mean, because you're going to probably see this clip on NFL.com or something. They'll just take that tiny snippet. We're not worried about Ben past 2021. You know, doesn't mean that they're – totally shut the door on the guy or anything yeah, either. If he goes but, out and has know. a good year, then, you know. His the, body's holding up yeah, and he the, wants to the come back. The $5 million dollar pay cut that he took this year, he could get next year mm-hmm. back if he has a good year this year. Right. I, I mean, I don't think any of us expect him to be the starting quarterback past this year, but I don't think crazier things have happened. Tom Brady's going to be 44, I think, next week. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> 44. Yeah, I mean, Rivers <laughs> went to the Colts and had yeah. a decent, successful year, and you know, so – no, I mean, these guys hold on for a while. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP. Yeah, he's 38 years old. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how old Aaron Rodgers is. I like, know. He's a he's year younger like a than year Ben. a year younger than Ben, right? Yeah. And uh, we think he came out – yeah, he came out the year after because yeah. I was – And Ryan, was you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's the same age. It's There's there's a, a, a long list of quarterbacks yeah. that are playing late into their careers and playing. <laughs> Fitzpatrick's a good one. Yeah. Like Washington fans and even like national media – Ooh, they get a shot in the arm with Fitzpatrick, you know, like he's this young dude or something. I mean, that would be he, the interesting thing if, if Ben Roethlisberger, and he doesn't want to do this and he's not going to do this, but if he had gone to a different team this year, yeah, well, let's what say would the narrative be? Or, right, right, right. Interesting. Or he replaces Rivers in Indy. Let's or, say the Jets had, had gone and, and signed Ben Roethlisberger instead of drafting mm-hmm. Wilson. Uh, with the with the narrative in New York, oh, they're getting a Hall of Fame quarterback here. He's gonna, you know, probably be very similar to how it was with Rivers when he went to Indy last year. Yeah, you know, longtime Charger, but he's gonna go there and get reinvigorated and lead the offense. And they haven't had somebody. It'd probably be a lot different. And somehow the narrative here is well, Ben K, he's his arm shot. <laughs> right, right, right. I just I don't get yeah, it. I, yeah. I don't get it either. It's 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 interesting. After a pretty though. successful season. After a t- season in which he threw thirty three touchdowns. Yeah, everyone passes. overlooks that part. Yeah. I, don't quite get it. <laughs> so, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, that's why they play the games. Uh, but uh, that is going to do it for the first hour of the drive here yeah, on Steelers on. Nation Radio. Uh, he is Matt Williamson. I'm Dale Lally. Uh, Kellen Gursky here with us as well, keeping us on the air. Uh, we always appreciate his efforts, and we appreciate you listening to this first hour. We'll be back with hour two right after this.